BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Jean-Claude Van Damme. He always makes an impact. Now, get ready for Double Impact. There's two of them. Think about it. Van Damme times two. He looks exactly like you. Me? Twin brothers reunited on a mission. Watch my back. To avenge their parents' death. One packs a punch. One packs a piece. Look good to me. Together, they deliver double impact. Excuse me. From Hollywood to the Far East. On land. On sea. And in the air. Express service. Damn cool. Damn hot. So now what do we do? That's what I love about you. Van Damme. <laughs> times two. Double the fun. I would never in my life wear black silk underwear. I'm with you on that one. And double <laughs> the Van Damage. Double impact. Welcome to They Call This a Movie, testing the strength of friendships one terrible movie at a time. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and other podcast services by searching They Call This a Movie. We are part of the Main Damie Network. To find more from us, check out the website at themaindamie.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the Main Damie. We're also now a proud member of Geek Vibes Nation. You can find them at gvnation.com. Welcome back to They Call This a Movie. This is Anthony Delvecchio, and with me as always is Dan Aquino and Mark Myers. Say hello, gentlemen. Hey, everyone. Hey, guys. Do you remember when the uh, British were a powerful empire? Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> it's yeah, been I, a while. It's been a while. I don't remember it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I, I, well, Empire I was just of the given, Sun might touch upon that. I was just yeah. given a history lesson by you guys about it, so I yeah. didn't know. <laughs> and this all happened under my nose. I had no clue. Yeah. yeah. It's that been a while the, since I've read anything from Rudyard Kipling, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, that's what made me laugh at the beginning of this movie, but we'll get into it. Yes. Uh, so, guys, before we get into this week's movie, uh, if you've listened to the episode last week, we kind of started a, a new thing while we're under quarantine. Uh, so, guys, what are you watching I mean, uh, last episode and this episode? I started to watch Tiger King, and then I realized it was, like, rampant animal abuse. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, I can't, I can't get behind that. So I turned it off. Uh, and then I switched on to Community because I found out that 
that's now on Netflix. And then that had rampant animal abuse in it. <laughs> no, but I, there's a lot of racism in it uh, from one actor specifically. But I realized that that show, I like that show. I used to watch it back in the day. Uh, it takes a little while to kind of gain any traction. Sure. Uh, so I'm I'm only three episodes in, and I just I I was watching it with my father-in-law, and I was like, oh man, you know, I hope he likes it because I'm always seeking validation from mm-hmm. anyone. So I was like, man, I hope he likes this and he realizes that I'm a funny guy. And there was hardly any laughs to be had in the first two episodes. So now I feel like he thinks lesser of me. So sure. thank, thank you, community, and thank you, Dan Harmon, for making the first two episodes really shitty. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, that, that's what I've been watching for the most part. And then I watched our movie this week. Right. Uh, what about you, Mark? Yeah, so um, besides watching our movie this week, um, I don't know if it falls. Maybe I watched this and forgot to mention it last week. But I watched uh, three of the uh, documentaries on Vice, the wrestling ones, The Dark Side of the Ring. Mm-hmm. I've watched those while under quarantine. The uh, Chris Benoit one, the uh, the Match Made in Heaven about Macho and Elizabeth and the Montreal Screwjob. Um, and then I've also recently I've just been playing a bunch of video games. Final Fantasy VII Remake came in. So that's been most of my free time um, just because essentially... Um, as we were making a joke that basically I just go into suspended animation and then wake up for podcasts and streams. I want, <laughs> I want, I want to get it done um, before the next Game Vault pod, just so I can have a little bit of a review on wow, it. So, so, I have so you're going to try and finish it by in two, like about two weeks time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just to be, just be like a true gaming journal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was, I didn't even think about that. You have the Final Fantasy. I was surprised that you were able to join us for this podcast. Yeah, I literally just finished it right before we came on, like oh, the, okay. like my session for the day. Um, but yeah, so, oh, you're yeah. So and and then also like we had the discussion like that that I have to be doing something, but uh, you know it, it's essentially I um you know preparing for Stranger Damies and you know uh, playing Final Fantasy and you know so not much time for me to really get the uh, the uh, old movies fired up. The only thing I've been thinking about watching is something I've already seen only because Anthony brought it up last week, is I have a Blu-ray of Perks of Being a Wallflower, and that was my movie of the year 2012? Um, 2013? I forget. It might have been 2013. Or, yeah. no, it would have been 2012, because this the main day we started 2013, and that was on our first top ten list. Yeah. I think it was like yeah. six or something. Yeah, so I was thinking of, of, of watching that. But, yeah, that's about what I've been doing. Um, do you have your letterbox thing open at? Or? Um, I really <laughs> I haven't watched much of Note um we've been watching ozark and we're getting pretty deep into that so we're like halfway through the second seat right now so we got about a season and a half left uh uh still doing the quarantine days of horror uh watched the fog john carpenter's the fog for the first time ever and uh another shitty movie called ghost keeper which was possibly the worst movie i've seen in a very long time um it's a movie that they literally ran out of money halfway through so they had to kind of write the ending on while they were shooting because they had no money to do what they were originally planning to do and uh just continuing doing the friday friday the 13th movies so watch the second one this this past week so next this coming week this friday i'll be uh posting a review on the third film also watched a shitty quote-unquote documentary called demon house starring zach baggins the guy that does ghost adventures Okay. Uh, oh, that was terrible. Yeah. I, so just I've heard that name, but don't know anything. 
That Zach out. Baggins, he is a he's like he's like the guy from Ghost Hunters if he had like the charisma of a um Chris Angel. Okay, sort of. <laughs> is he like is he like the third property brother? Uh I I couldn't even tell you what the property brothers are like. I so. just it's it's an old photo going around from when they first started. They have the three brothers, you know, posing and the third one looks like Chris Angel. He has the hair over the eyes. Oh gotcha. Sort of thing. So yeah, I, no, he's like a he's like a hot topic come to life. Yeah. Uh, this week uh, we wanted to, or I wanted to, I suggested, and these guys agreed that to go a little action heavy this week. Yeah. Um. So we tapped our good friend Jean Claude Van Damme, the muscles from Brussels. JCVD. JCVD, and this is the second time we watched a Jean Claude Van Damme movie, and this is the second time we watched a Jean Claude Van Damme movie where he appears twice. <laughs> he really loves himself. Yeah. He likes he likes playing a dual role. So this week we watched Double Impact from 1991. Um gentlemen, where are you coming from with Double Impact? And how many times have you seen this previous Mark? That's a good question. <laughs> Mark, do you want to go first? Um I I've only seen it a couple of times and most of those have been like on basic cable, so I did not know about the gratuitous scene that occurs near the end um but yeah this is this is probably one of the ones i've seen the least time cop is the most because it's obviously probably his best movie um uh but yeah i i had kind of an idea what the story was i i forgot the setting and it made me laugh immediately at the beginning of this movie um but yeah so so this one um as soon as Ant suggested it, I was like, all right, yeah, we'll watch this. I haven't seen it in a long time because um, it's not like uh, one of their go-to JCVD movies, um, as we've all found out uh, watching it. But, um, yeah, yeah. So I realized that I had only seen the basic cable, and that's basically where I'm coming at with it is that um, I didn't remember much of it, uh, but I did, um, you know, at, at least remember that uh, that stupid um, uh part in the uh, beginning when we first meet chad adult chad um so we'll is there are you talking about the, the, the moment where we almost see labia yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we we definitely see uh we see camel toe but not of uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> or is it, i think it's actually moose knuckle, moose knuckle. Right. We do get moose knuckle. yeah i, th- I yeah. think that's the yeah uh, scientific term yeah probably because of the uh, time period that I saw it and which basic cable I saw it on was probably an awakening at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, it, it John, was... from John Claude Van Damme or the uh, <laughs> the lady? Uh, Julie Strain is the uh, the aerobics uh, uh, student. Yeah. yeah. So who would go on to uh, star in a lot of softcore porn of the uh, of the era? No bikini uh, movies, right? No earlier. Mm. Talking okay. about, uh, ooh, I could pull it up, but uh, Dan, where are you coming from? I've never seen this movie. I actually thought we were watching Deep Impact. I got confused. So I was like, oh, why? well, that's not very action heavy. I mean, it's more uh, just it was kind of lame. But I was like, yeah, you know, whatever. But then I saw that it was double Jean-Claude Van Damme, and I got super excited because I love Time Cop. So I was like, how could this be any worse? You know, like this is this will be just as good. Because again, you're getting twice the uh, the Van Dam, and I was very disappointed in this movie. Uh, I, I'm we'll save it for the rest of the show, but 
Yeah. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme can only pull off one thing, and that's playing Jean-Claude Van Damme. And in this movie, he tries to do two different Jean-Claude Van Dammes, I think. <laughs> and it's really shitty. But... He tries to play his good and evil version. <laughs> right, right. Uh, it's not good. It's very... I, does he have... I want to know, does he have any other movie where he plays a dual role? Is it, is it just Deep uh, Double Impact and Time Cop? Those are the two I remember. I think we might have uh, run the gamut of Jean-Claude Van Damme and dual roles. I think we need to bring that back. I think we need to get Jean-Claude Van Damme in another role where he plays two Jean-Claude Van Dammes. <laughs> the world sorely misses that that genre <laughs> of movies. And I think he'd be down to do it. Yeah. Uh, Julie Strain, uh, star of Day of the Warrior, Heavy Metal 2000. She's also in Beverly Hills Cop 3 and Naked Gun 33 and a third. Hmm. Among a bunch of other softcore porn. She was a penthouse pet. Well, I don't uh, think Naked Gun 33 and a third is porn, Ant. No, I mean, but it could be. Oh, uh, with that name. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we, uh, I had forgot to mention on mine that um I had forgotten that Bolo is in this movie. Um, yeah. Who's from my probably second favorite um, JCVD movie in, in Kickboxer. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought you uh, was in Bloodsport. Uh, Bloodsport, I'm sorry. Yeah. Which is about kickboxing. <laughs> Honestly, I think I when I was watching this movie, we would need to get a face-off between Nicolas Cage and Bolo. Because <laughs> throughout this movie, Bolo makes some wild faces, man. Yeah, he does. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I would like to see. I would like to see them out meme each other. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, this is the first time I've ever seen um, this film. Uh, I think these are like the first the first two times I've ever seen Jean Claude Van Damme movies. So when we've watched them on this podcast, uh, I I read on Letterboxd that it was basically Parent Trap meets Jean Claude Van Damme, <laughs> and I was not disappointed in that. Basically, being exactly what this is. Um, I it's it's not as good as Time Cop. It's it's passable, I think, is what I could say about it. Um, it's not particularly entertaining in terms of like, oh, it's that's hilarious. Let's watch that. Right. Uh, he's crazy. Oh, you know, he's trying to do a weird accent with that. This one brother, and he's not pulling it off. So let's laugh at that. It's just, it's your, it's a run of the mill Jean Claude Van. It's like middle middle of the road sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, the only thing of any interest is the fact that he's playing two parts, really. And it's, you know, he's barely playing two parts. Yeah. Really. The only point... difference is haircuts, really. Yeah. That's really. And there there, <laughs> there are moments in the in the third act of this film where it's hard to tell who's who. Yeah. When they get all sweaty and greasy, yeah. it's tough to tell <laughs> which one is which. Yeah. One sort of has bangs. The other one's got slicked back hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the one is clean shaven and the other Jean-Claude Van Damme has just a slight stubble to him mm-hmm. to let you know he grew up on the streets. Yeah. He's not <laughs> he all primpy up, like the first Jean-Claude Van Damme. He grew up a block away from the guy that's eventually trying to kill him. <laughs> but he still has the same accent. So he still goes by the same name of the baby <laughs> that disappeared out from Mr. Zhang. Which makes no sense, right? Yeah. How would they know his name? How would he know his own name? That's true. He was six yeah. months old. I guess the maid. Uh, we never under, we never find out who raised Alex. I'm assuming it was the maid. She was or, the one that that saved him. She dropped him off in an orphanage, it looks like. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, that's why. I think it was a French orphanage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's why he has the... Oh, yes. Yeah. It that's is. why he has an accent. Because they're 
Yeah, they rubbed that in by having them sing Ferrujaka. Touche movie. You thought was that Alex had... or was that Chad? I thought Chad that was thinks, Alex. Chad thinks he's he was born in France. Oh, Chad, Chad's Mr. Los Angeles, as Alex calls him. Yeah. Um, but Frank Frank raised him, telling in him as he was his uncle, yeah. but he grew up in France or was born in France. And then he just like he drops that bomb. I'm not your <laughs> uncle, and you weren't born in France. <laughs> let's go to Hong Kong. Yeah, he he doesn't soften the blow at it's all. He's not breath. like he's like, hey, let's go for some ice cream. By the way, I'm not your uncle. <laughs> he just he lays that. Yeah, he drops it, man. Yeah. Just like. Stop calling me uncle. I'm not your uncle. <laughs> not your uncle. You weren't born in France. Now we got to go to Hong Kong. It's like, to lay I... on someone. <laughs> what if he's just like, ah, I don't even have a passport. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, I think this was, it was, uh, it was the 90s. Exactly. It was a different time where we didn't have to worry about travel as much. But <laughs> yeah. I think you still needed a passport. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you needed a passport. Yeah. yeah. At the, uh... Oh, and... Uh... Some some news I found out. Uh, there is another movie where he plays two roles, but what? not on the screen at the same time. Um, it's uh, called Maximum Risk. Man, that He's sounds cool. that either sounds like a Steven Seagal movie or John Claude Van Damme movie. Yeah, that's a plays, fifty-fifty. He plays a twin. One was murdered, and the other one is seeking revenge. Jeez, awesome. man, just who got who, who got murdered in France? <laughs> does does he also play dual roles in Sudden Death? Well, he technically plays the goalie for the Pittsburgh Penguins in that movie. So, <laughs> Man, <laughs> no, that's the only other one. That has. Yeah, it's the fascinating. fascinating thing is that uh, that one has Natasha Hentridge in it. Oh, hey, friend of the show. Yep. <laughs> it, to me, it's fascinating that directors keep allowing him to play dual roles. <laughs> Double the kicks, man. <laughs> Double the Van Damage. <laughs> I, do you think? Do you think he ever did a double mint commercial? Maybe. He Maybe would have had to have, right? In Brussels. Yeah. Got one with him when he was a kid, a teen. <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, that's such a huge opportunity right there. He's just like kicking the, the gum at the, the TV screen, right? He does, he does roundhouse kick and it just flies at you. Double Impact from 1991, directed by Sheldon Leach. Uh, really didn't do much else. I think he is the writer on Rambo 3. He had a, lo- he had a lot of uh, credits that were uh, writing... Uh, specific. I also think he was one of the writers on Bloodsport. But uh, this stars Jean-Claude Van Damme, Jeffrey Lewis, Alana Shaw, Karina, uh, Karina Everson, Philip Chan, Alan Scarfe, Scarfe, I think, and Bolo Young. Uh, IMDb score of 5.6, Rotten Tomato score of 35%. Uh, budget $15 million, box office $30 million. So uh, doubled its uh, box office, its uh, budget. This movie's uh, it's okay. It didn't it didn't hurt to watch. I think I think it it didn't have it had a decent premise, but it was just it was set up very poorly. Yeah. Uh, it relies too much on Jean Claude Van Damme. Mm-hmm. You I, can't do that. Yeah, I think one of the things that they could have leaned into more is sort of that parent trap thing because it really. Halfway through, they realize that they're dealing with two brothers, and it really doesn't doesn't matter anymore that they're twins nope. at that point. They could have just been brothers the entire time. Like, it could have been a different yeah. actor in one of the roles, and it would essentially be the same movie. There's that one scene where they mistake Chad for Alex, and I think it would have been right. more interesting if that, if that played more into their plan 
or just became more of the plot, I think. It's like, oh, maybe something happens to Alex, so Chad has to pretend to be Alex, you know? Right. Yeah, I think it would have been a cool thing if they kind of switched plate, like Alex goes to... Prince and the Pauper style. Right, yeah. right, because <laughs> Chad is, he's very primpy, he's hes Mr. Perfect, so it would have been interesting to have Alex kind of switch that role, and now he's, you know, he's this street tough guy right. living high on the hog, and he doesn't know how to do it. Right. And meanwhile, Chad is, you know, fighting for his life in Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> or what if, it, what if it's the reverse? Like, let's say Chad, prim and proper guy, now he's got like these people after him. So in order to try and keep him safe, they switch roles with Alex, who's more streetwise and stuff. And Alex assumes Chad's role so he could handle himself mm-hmm. if somebody comes in and is like, oh, I'm coming through your window. I'm going to karate chop you to death. He's like, ah, oh, no, I know karate too. Yeah. I'm going to do splits <laughs> and a kickbox and fight. Sort of the, like that. The, you bring that up. This movie sorely lacked splits. There's only one split. Again, this is what we you said about Time Cop. Yeah, there's Time Cop only, only had split. one split. Right. Yeah. And but you were expecting least, like five. But at least in Time Cop, the split mattered, right? Yeah. He he does the split when he's uh when he's get uh, he electrocutes the room, right, or yeah. something like that. I see that that's a good use I, of a split. I think there's a room full of women that that split mattered too. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe they were paid to pretend it mattered. They went home and they just went to town. <laughs> They jilled off. They yeah. jilled off. Big time. <laughs> I don't know. They wore man. out those D batteries. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That we we see a whole lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme through those tights. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen, I don't <laughs> this is gonna sound weird, but Jean-Claude Van Damme has cake. <laughs> <laughs> He's thick with he, two C's back there. He is, man. He's but <laughs> he he has a run for his money with that one henchwoman. Oh, he is has the second best quads in this movie. <laughs> that woman has Her quads. quads. Days. <laughs> she's Saquon Barkley of this movie. <laughs> yeah. And she, I looked her up. She's not really any, like I was. I figured she was gonna be like a stunt woman. Mm-hmm. Not really anything. Like she had like maybe 15 roles or so in her career. She looks like she could have been on American Gladiator. Yeah. No, but her that's what that's in my notes. I think once or twice, just her quads. Well, because you she when she walks at the camera, you get a good look at some at, at it sometimes, yeah. and it's just like it's defined, man. Those quads are defined. Yeah, because like, she, she's wearing shorts in that scene. She's wearing yes. shorts, and just those quads are on display, wow. or you just kick through a cement wall. <laughs> You're right, man. She could. She could pound the rock for a hundred yards. I'm, I'm sure of it. It, it was impressive. Twenty-five yeah. touches for one fifty. <laughs> yeah, I, I I could see that pushing the pile for the uh, the one yard touchdown. <laughs> Barry Sant, uh, no, uh, Eddie George. Remember in the that one Super Bowl where his knee was down, but they totally called it a uh, touchdown. Yeah, against the Rams. I think she I think she'd stand. I think she'd be able to to carry it. Yeah. She was impressive. She's a specimen. She's very, very, very weird, though. Yeah. And uh, she tries to be seductive. She tries to be seductive, and she's very heavy-handed. Which I guess you can kind of expect with a woman who has thighs as big as all of our heads combined. Oh, yeah, and she tries to to snap his neck with them. I thought thought there was going to be a chance that we saw that at one point. Where yeah. she would snap someone's neck, almost like Famke Jensen in yeah. Goldeneye, 
Yep. I thought we were going to see that, but no, she just she's just brute force stabs a dude. Mm-hmm. That was a little disappointing. She, yeah. Like, the size of her quads didn't play nearly as much into the movie as you think. Right. And again, you, you waste a split. You waste some stellar quads. <laughs> those, those were savage, man. <laughs> I, I want those quads. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you guys. It's just all wasted, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You were going to say something, Mark? Um. I'm going through uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, trivia and stuff on IMDb, and it's kind of wild. Um, Dan, you'll be happy to know this. Um, he is an animal rights activist. Ooh. Um, I like him. He so also calls Seagal, him. though. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you could be, you could still be an asshole and be an animal rights activist. <laughs> um, he also calls himself the Fred Astaire of karate. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> and... Um, Apparently, he thought Time Cop and Bloodsport could have both been multiple prop, multiple franchise movies that were very popular. Well, but the idiots. Um, at first, he said the idiots sold the Time Cop rights to television, and then the Bloodsport people just used second-rate kickboxers for the sequel. Oh damn! Yeah. That's that's pretty hard, man. Yeah, Those are all hot takes, by the way. Yeah, all, <laughs> all of his quotes Stare. are hot takes. It's <laughs> which great. You, which I admire. I mean, if you're known for roundhouse kicks, you're going to have some hot takes, I'd imagine, you know? <laughs> Muscles from Brussels just telling it like it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's why he's not employed anymore, I'd imagine. I guess so. Well, has he been up to anything in a while, Mark? Uh, um, he did uh, JCVD. That's like 10 years ago at this point, though, isn't it? Let's see. Uh, the most recent thing... Oh, he's been in a couple... Um, he was in a movie called Jean-Claude Van Johnson... Um, okay. In 2016. His TV series. Yeah. His TV um, series. Where he plays two roles. God, yeah. it never ends. I love it. <laughs> yeah. he, I and, think he does mostly like farcical things. Yeah. Now he's doing like. Uh, he's in Minions: Rise of the Rise of Gru. There yeah. It looks like he's doing the Bruce Willis thing, like where he just does action movies as an old guy. Yeah. You know. You know. I it, hope he pretends like he wants to be there more than Bruce Willis does. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I I don't know. I haven't heard much about how uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme was on set, but we all know that Bruce Willis was just a huge pain in the ass through mm-hmm. most of his later years. Do you think Jean-Claude Van Damme was like that? Do you think he was tough to work with? But she was tough to work with in his heyday. Right. Yeah, he, uh, uh, and then he some had, of the got trivia. Humbled. Yeah, some of the trivia, he rejected a uh, three-film deal with somebody because he wanted $20 million a fixture like, like Jim Carrey. Damn. Um, and that he he rejected a role in The Expendables in 2010 because when he asked um, Stallone what the movie was about, he says, don't worry, you're going to make a lot of money. And he was like, I don't want to hear that. I want to know what I'm doing. <laughs> he, did wind up in, he did wind up in uh, The Expendables 2, though. Yeah. Do you yeah. think he walks into uh, casting agents now and just says, I'm the Fred Astaire of karate? And he does a split. <laughs> he does a split. <laughs> Do you think he just yells that wherever he goes? <laughs> Probably. Because I would, honestly. I like how he did that, because that, there's no way that was taken by anybody. <laughs> Fred Stare of anything. Yeah. Uh, like, well, yeah, that, that, that reference is going to be dated in a couple of years. <laughs> oh, he's going to even know what that means. Yeah, and apparently Time Cop was the movie he was paid the second most for. $5 million. What was number one? Uh, Street Fighter. 
Okay, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which will probably be an episode before we finish this podcast one day. Yeah. Yeah. We got to finish out. We have to touch on most Jean Claude Van Damme movies. <laughs> it's gonna. It's gonna happen. Yeah. We still haven't done the Seagal movie yet. Yeah. Uh, that's probably for the best. You know, yeah. It could be. He's kind of. He's more of a joke in yeah. himself, in and of himself, really. So there's sure. really no need to touch on that. <laughs> I'll, Do you guys I'll, want, I'll shoot you it down. <laughs> Do you guys want to get into the plot at this point? Yeah. All right. Uh, Dan, you got anything to say? I do. Uh, I'm here to tell you about our friend Tia, a good friend of the show. She's with Geek Vibes Nation. She has her own podcast that you should listen to. It's called The Top Ten with Tia, and you should check it out. It's a weekly podcast where Tia and her crew tackle a number of entertaining topics like the top ten movies of the year or the top ten worst on-screen couples. I think this past episode was the top ten characters who had a... Like resurgence or something along those lines, right? It was a uh, like a resurging character arc. Uh, I haven't listened to it yet, but uh, it's every week, and uh, you should check it out. She's a great person. We have a lot of fun when we record for Geek Vibes Nation. So uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Uh, yeah. So we are gonna take a quick break. We'll send a couple notes from friends of the podcast. So we will be right back. Hey everyone, this is Steve. And this is Adam. And we're part of the Hop Nation USA podcast. Pittsburgh's number three craft beer podcast. Join us every Friday for new beer reviews. We'll talk about the news, history, and homebrewing. Plus, we'll sit down with the best brewers and industry personalities that'll have us. So whether you're a casual drinker, a hazy boy hophead, or even if you're a whale hunting cellar hoarder, just search Hop Nation USA on Apple, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher and join the nation. Oh, hi. Didn't see you there. It's me, George, from the best little horror house in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least. We've talked about groundbreaking classics like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Alien, but we've also got a lot of great ones coming up, including some very fun guests like Len Kabazinski of Swamp Zombies and Red Letter Media fame, Caroline Williams, the star of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, and Chase Williamson from John Dies at the End. So make sure you're subscribe to the best little horror house in philly and i'll see you boils and ghouls over there and welcome back and now it's time to get into the plot for double impact we open 25 years in the past in terms of this movie on a dedication ceremony for the victoria harbor tunnel in hong kong um uh, again as we mentioned the idea of a british controlled hong kong immediately dates this movie yeah um, and i had completely forgotten about that this was the setting We have two Brits, Paul and Nigel, who are basically responsible for this tunnel project. And in attendance for the ceremony is Paul's wife and his infant twins, Chad and Alex. A night on the way home, Paul and his wife uh, have someone following following them in their car. And Paul's bodyguard, Frank, has been sent home for the day. But they have car phones, and Frank realizes that Paul is in trouble. So he goes racing to try and uh, get to Paul before anything happens. At their home, a group of Asian men in suits get out of the car uh, that was following them and start firing into the car. Uh, Frank, as I mentioned, is is driving, but he's late. Um, Paul is killed. His wife is killed. The maid manages to escape with one of the babies while Frank leaves with the other. Frank shoots a lot of gang members, manages to uh, shoot out the eye of one of the uh, the uh, henchmen, who we'll later know as Mr. Moon, but he also gets shot in the process. Uh, while fleeing, though, Frank identifies Griffith, one of the business associates, is in the vicinity. 
and uh, he manages to uh, steal away uh, with uh, the baby, as the maid has as well. And then we flash forward 25 years later. Chad is working as an aerobics karate instructor, and then we nearly get a shot of a woman's labia, as we mentioned, as he helps her stretch, and that uh, that stretch is not a euphemism. Uh, he's actually helping her aerobic stretch. And then we also get to see Jean-Claude do a split in skin-tight pants, and all his aerobic students just about soak the floor. <laughs> is this is this the first instance of a Chad in a movie? <laughs> it might yeah, be. Yeah. He definitely those, lives up to that name as well. Yeah, throughout all, those this movie. Just, all those women just sploosh on the floor. I, yeah. think, I think one of them faints. Yeah. Like, ah, <laughs> my stars. Yeah, yeah it's, um, it's pretty gratuitous. Yes. Then Frank comes in, who hasn't aged really that much in 25 years, and tells uh, Chad that he needs to take over the karate class. Then Chad immediately knocks out a cocky dude with a ponytail. And then meanwhile, Frank meets with an Asian man who has pictures of a man that looks just like Chad in Hong Kong. And then Frank calls Chad in his office and tells him they need to go to Hong Kong. He also tells him that he's not his uncle and he wasn't born in France. And they're on a plane to Hong Kong immediately. (laughs) This movie, we get to it in the exact next scene coming up, next scenes, um, has the quickest, uh, let's just get the plot out. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Okay, okay, now action. Yeah. uh, Yeah. (laughs) You can kind of admire it just for getting to the the point, but... It's it's done so like ham-fistedly yeah. that it's it really doesn't give you a second to breathe and realize what's going on. Like oh, oh we're we're in Hong Kong now. Okay, I don't I didn't even realize where we were to start. <laughs> yeah, it took me two tries to realize that he's in L.A. Yeah, I had no clue, no clue. <laughs> like oh, right, we'll change the scenery, I guess. Awesome. It's like a Bond movie. <laughs> it, it does have yeah. a lot of Bond-esque uh, stereotypes, so. Yeah. I think they might have been trying to go for a Bond feel. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once in Hong Kong, Frank takes Chad to a Mahjong parlor, and some of the patrons seem to recognize Chad. Uh, the bartender gives him a drink just the way he likes it, as he says, and a patron gives him a handful of cash as if he owed him. Then a beautiful blonde shows up and entices Chad to come into the back room with her. He follows, and then she acts like she knows him, complimenting him on his new clothes and haircut, and then immediately sticks her hand down his pants to feel his silk underwear. And then a guy grabs him by the shoulder, turns him around, and it looks just like him. And then that guy knocks him out with a headbutt. And when Chad wakes up, Frank tells him that the guy is his twin brother, Alex. And if nothing else, this movie improves on the separation conceit of the parent trap. We now realize why they were separated as opposed to the parent trap, where it was just, oh, we're divorced. Pick your favorite kid and then be <laughs> on your way. <laughs> I, I do like how Alex yells at his girlfriend for sticking her hand down Chad's pants. How could you not know? Like, what do you mean? It looks just like him. That's that's not fair. Like, come on. I would never wear black silk underwear. Is his uh, <laughs> his comment? And not. I would never wear bright pink shorts. Yeah. He looks like a tourist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do. They definitely do have very different styles in terms yes. of clothing and just overall appearance. But if you're gonna pick one thing to nitpick about, it can't be silk underwear because yeah. come on <laughs> yeah it's like her Maybe. hands are already down his pants at that point <laughs> right right. The, the worst has been done at that yeah point. so if you're gonna blame her for not noticing something maybe notice that he's wearing the, like super short shorts that are <laughs> definitely not what alex would wear i mean he's like a biker dude pretty much 
it's like saying like how could you not know it was me my bit my dick is so much bigger than that <laughs> <laughs> they, they they mention their dicks a decent amount in this movie yeah it's, well, they're, they're it's, technically it's, only talking about one dick. Right. You know, <laughs> it's just John Claude talking to himself about itself. But it's strange <laughs> because he mentions, like, oh, you have, when she sticks her hands down his pants, and it's like, oh, uh, you have it's a surprise. surprise. It's a huge surprise, which kind of tells me that it's not that big. Because <laughs> you really don't have to go. It, it's, what is it? You're not the king if you have to say you're the king. Right. You know, yeah. Right. So I think you're overcompensating there. And then he uh, has that really weird moment in the Asian market. Right, after we see a frog's fucking head chopped off. <laughs> What's it going to do? That, Make my dick bigger? Right. Like, he was like, oh, that was, that was weird. <laughs> I don't think any of us expected him to say that. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, so Frank gives them the lowdown on Griffith's involvement with financing the tunnel and a secret loan he took out with the triads. And once the tunnel was completed, their father's expertise of tunnel construction wasn't needed by the triad. So that's the reason why they had him killed. Um, also, as I mentioned, why has Alex been hiding in plain sight under his given name in the city his parents were killed? Just like Luke Skywalker on Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Um, so then after this, Alex takes Chad and Frank on his boat while he conducts some business. Um, another boat docks with them and they exchange a couple of mercedes with a trunk full of cigarettes for cash and the authorities i suppose the hong kong equivalent of the coast guard or something shows up with a sale uh, and the sales partner think alex turned them in so they fight until they wind up knocking the other dudes off the boat then a boat chase ensues between alex's boat and the police uh, to shed weight frank and chad push both mercedes off the boat and then explode them in order to keep the boat the police boats off them which makes no uh, sense really if you think about it yeah the the, the police boats could have easily have just gone around them i guess they're too they close don't make though. it there there's a it's a big ocean <laughs> it was only a harbor <laughs> oh, it was still it was still pretty spacious it didn't look like they were tight you know like oh my god there's two cars on fire what should we do we were never trained for this they we're just stri- turn around we're strictly sea police so. <laughs> <laughs> i guess we have to turn this boat around we'll get them next time um then at, at the market, we learn that Danielle, Alex's girlfriend, has been working for Griffith for five years. This is where we get to see the frog get his head chopped off. As I mentioned to Dan, who was, uh, it seems like they were at the Asian market and they're just like shooting B-roll and they managed to capture that. Doesn't really seem like they're just like, let's chop some frog's heads off. I hope that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And it, like you said, it did make me feel a little better that it's just B-roll. <laughs> <But laughs> yeah. I still... I'm starting to question if whether or not you know this ahead of time, because we seem to be watching a lot of movies where bad I, things happen I, to animals. I swear <laughs> I did not. I saw, as soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, oh, he's going to mention this. <laughs> this, is, this is strike two. All right. <laughs> next, next thing you're, you know, you're going to want us to watch Hannibal Holo, uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Like, oh, I didn't know that they eat a turtle and a pig there. I didn't know, Dan. I'm Never sorry. Again. I'll never Spoilers, Dan. <laughs> That's the only thing I took away from that movie. <laughs> um, so they, well, where, why did I scroll up already? Where am I? Um, so, well, so we know that Danielle works for Griffin, yes. right? And they're yeah. they're in the market, yes. and she storms away. Yeah. So then Frank's Frank appeals to Alex that Alex could be making money off tunnel is like you know it's your birthright more or less this is what he's saying um so then chad takes a cab back to his hotel where a bunch of triad guys show up in some mercedes who mistake him for alex and they put him in a car 
where he meets Alex's employer, who is not happy with the loss of the cars. Yeah. He gives Chad... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, my one issue with this scene um, is that they know that um, people are after them, but yet for some reason they split up, Frank and uh, Chad. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why is he going back to the place alone? Yeah, I don't know. You know? They it's, they do this numerous times throughout the movie. I wonder if it's just stupidity where it's just like, well, they're not after me. me. They're yeah. after my brother, <laughs> which is very possible. I mean, Chad is a, he's kind of an idiot. Yeah, he's a yeah. big dumb baby. <laughs> he is. Um, so yeah, he gets put into the car. Um, Zhang is the uh, is Alex's employer. He gives Chad a cigar box to hold with the initials P D W on it. And then Chad recognizes it. Um, as his father's initials recognizes the story and the letter will coincide with the story Frank told him about his dad and then the cars arrive at an empty lot and Zhang tells Chad about a shipment coming into the harbor the only thing he has to do is pick it up and Chad tells him to go fuck himself and then Zhang sicks his thugs on Chad and he starts kicking some ass until Mr. Moon shows up and then uh, who is uh, Zhang's right hand man and he steps up and just destroys Chad tossing him around in an empty shipping container and just uh, really just getting the best of him. Um, Polo. <laughs> Polo. So Chad gets dumped back at his apartment and relays the story to Frank and Chad. Chad tells Frank he's now in on the plan to get his birthright back from the triads, as is Alex. Meanwhile, Danielle starts doing some digging in the, into the Victoria Harbor project at work. She gets caught by some other woman named Kara, starts questioning what she's doing. And she's like, ah, oh, nothing. Bye. I'm supposed to be here. They have to ask Mr. Griffith. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Peace. Deuces. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Danielle calls Alex to relay what happened, but she couldn't find anything because someone walked in, meaning Kara. And Alex said he's taking his, uh, he's taking Chad on a fishing trip. Uh, so Alex takes the boat to some sort of abandoned island with an abandoned hotel where they plan to stay. Uh, Chad is not pleased with the arrangements. Alex isn't so sure about how Chad is going to fare in the fight with the triads. We get a lock and load scene where we get to see the guys look over all the weapons that they have at their disposal. Their plan is to interfere with the shipment Jang told Chad about. So Thursday night at the dock is when it's going down, and it's a stealth mission with uh, Alex leading the way, killing dudes with a flick of his wrist. Eventually a gunfight ensues thanks to Chad's itchy trigger finger. So we get a long drawn out scene where guns go off, Alex dual wielding and gangsters all machine guns, sometimes from six feet away. So they're adhering to uh, social distancing. <laughs> and uh, Chad has some sweet rolling on the floor moves where he rolls as he shoots his gun. Um, it's a terrible terrible roll, by the way. It's it's so deliberate <laughs> and so yeah. slow. So yeah. slow. This guy, and shooting with his head, his his guns above his head. Um, I wouldn't and recommend then, doing that. No. Someone nearly shoots Chad, but Frank picks him off with a sniper rifle. They wind up stealing a truck, and Frank blows up the dock with a well-placed C4 charge. And as they drive away, Alex tells Chad that he fucked up the mission because he had an itchy trigger finger. On a ferry, Alex tells Danielle to continue looking into Griffith. She tells him that Mr. Griffith is going to a party at a club owned by Zhang that night. So at Zhang's, Mr. Griffith lays out uh, for us, the audience, what the plan is now that the U.S., Department of uh, Drugs Enforcement Agency is cracking down on drugs from South America. They plan to fill the void from Asia with a new boat that they acquired. So Alex shows up at the club and gives a case of cognac to a ponytailed henchman. And Mr. Griffith tells uh, all the other guys about the f- explosion at the factory and says that it might have been work from someone on the inside. And one of those guys at the table gets killed by Kara with an ice pick. 
And then I was just in my notes. Look at the quads on Kara. <laughs> just underline several times quads. Um, for our listeners out there, you, you really have to see these quads. Like we're not underestimating them, or like you know, uh, we're not overplaying it. No. I would say they're, they're something to behold. Yeah, I, I literally wrote down in my notes, look at the quads on Kara. I don't write that for anybody else, that this woman's <laughs> made me stop and point out to myself, holy shit, those women, <laughs> the, the quads on that woman are it's, incredible. Especially, I feel like for a movie, because this came out in 1991. Like, when was the last time prior to that where you saw a woman with just like quads that could crush a watermelon, man? Yeah, they're they're. Yeah, cracking walnuts with those babies. <laughs> so I, I would love if anyone listens to to watch that and just get back to us and just like tell us like yeah <laughs> those were awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Chad heads in from the back, walking around with another case of cognac. I don't really know what their plan was at this point. I am confused yeah. as well. So I, I, I think guess it's just Chad fucking up again. Yeah. So I guess the 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 cognac. Uh, boxes really have bombs in them so i'm pretty sure that they're okay with casualties of innocent people at this club (laughs) well the thing that bothered me about this scene was how readily they were to accept a gift from a guy they just beat the shit out of like the day before like oh okay like i don't think you're gonna plan any sort of vengeance on us after we left you for dead Thank you for the gift. No, a, a marked box. What's yeah. in it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible security. Right? Like, you, you think that you would like open the box? Yeah. It doesn't feel like bottles of liquor. Yeah, they're not banging yeah. around in here. Exactly. <laughs> but, man, those are packed good, huh? <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's, then again, the guy who I guess was like head of security for this for uh, uh, for Nigel was uh he he has a ponytail so you really can't making is not the best (laughs) exactly you get what you pay for yeah um so chad heads in the back walking around the case cognac zhang sends his men to bring chad who they think is alex into the back to quote unquote thank him and then before that happens frank sets off a c4 charge in one of the boxes and the scene devolves into some karate action alex breaks a glass with his bare hands for no reason and they fight some dudes, and then eventually they leave. But Zhang and Griffith then realize there are two Jean-Claude Van Dams, and then they realize what they're dealing with. Next day at the office, Danielle gets caught by Kara, uh, the one with the quads, so she has to frisk her. And uh, so a little sexual assault here for the audience here. Yeah. Um, Danielle calls the guys and gets Chad, says she found something in the files. Griffith and Zhang are listening to the whole conversation. And Chad says that he's going to get Frank and Alex and he's going to meet at her at Alex's apartment. But Chad searches for all of like two minutes and can't find <laughs> either of them and then takes the boat on his own to go meet up with Danielle. Yeah. Are you going to say something? I was going to say, um, I I think this is the moment where you can tell Danielle is probably not the smartest person in the world. <laughs> sure. um, l- let me call from the office phone yes. and to, <laughs> to tell him what's going on. And um, neither is Chad, really. Yeah. Because Alex the, would probably know better. The, yeah. The, the funny thing is, she mentions that she shouldn't be doing it. Like, I can't tell you this over the phone. Meaning, she knows that she's probably being listened to. Yeah. And she continues <laughs> to talk. I can't really tell you this, but here's everything that I'm doing that I can't tell you. Yeah. What are you doing, lady? That's, that's not 
that's not how you do it. That's not how you relay sensitive information. You got to figure out you call from a public payphone or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Frank and and Alex are stuck on the island while Chad goes to meet up with Danielle. Uh, Chad meets up with her, but Jang's men show up right after, trapping them inside. Luckily, Danielle knows a secret way out, so they escape through a back alley with a couple yeah. of guys chasing after them. The one thing I want to mention. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when he kicks the door open, you can clearly see it's a set. Like he oh. kicks it open, and there's like a like a, a wall frame, like a two <laughs> by four thing, sort of like the back of another set. <laughs> it would have been, been great if it. he kicks the door open and there's like a teamster there, like eating a donut. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it looks like the camera was like in the wrong position. Gotcha. You know, like it shouldn't have been shooting out the door. Right. When he kicks it, but you, it's like real quick. It was like. I, the editor, uh, you editing video before, and is probably saw that and went, "Fuck, <laughs> uh, I can't cut it anywhere." <laughs> Did you get coverage of him kicking the door from the other side? I, yeah, we need. No, <laughs> fuck. Okay, I, hopefully nobody notices. This, this shit's on you guys. <laughs> and that's why this movie bombed. That made him his money back plus. Yeah. Oh, did it? Fifteen, fifteen million budget and made thirty. Thirty. Okay. Well, to be honest, with all of the uh, promotions and everything, probably didn't. I don't know. I have no idea how it works. I think you. I think you're supposed to like take like five million out. So I'm just so kind of going off. Budget. I'm kind of going off what everyone says about Birds of Prey. Like, oh well, it, it was only filmed for like fifty million and it made X amount of you know, like eighty million, so it made its money back. Well, no. First of all. You have to take into account promotions and I, who knows? Well, how do these people know? Yeah. <laughs> they work for studios, apparently. I have no idea. Yeah, right? Everybody is great at predicting box office numbers. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so they get chased through the market and to the pier. Eventually, they make it back onto the boat and get away to the nick of time. Kara and some goons jump into a helicopter, which is just waiting for them already. Yep. Um, they have trouble finding the boat amidst a lot of harbor traffic. And eventually they they kind of track it down. Danielle uh, undresses on the boat just because. Yeah. Um. I guess she Pretty got. Good. She, they jumped into the water. I guess is, yeah. was the conceit of why she had to uh, take her clothes off. Um, yeah. That, that that was a point where I was just like had a little <laughs> when it happened. And she comes downstairs and for no reason just drops the towel. Yeah. Like they there was like a quota. They were like, yeah. all right, we need to have boobs in this movie. Um, so you're going to come down here and just drop the towel right here. Yeah. It's like, uh, you gotta, we gotta show boobs in the first, uh, within the first hour or else we're going to lose people. <laughs> and so 55 I, minutes. Towel <laughs> drop. They pushed it to the limit. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, I appreciated it. I was surprised and I was like, oh, here we go. Now yeah. it, it kind of brought me back in. So they knew what they were doing. <laughs> they knew, man. They were just, that's the, just leaving the steaks on the grill just long enough. <laughs> exactly yeah they're, they're no fools yeah. uh but yeah it was uh it was quality boobage so yeah very good looking movie. woman i don't even yeah. really know who she is or where where else we ever would have saw her yeah but, she didn't do much yeah i feel like I she would have been like on married with children or something like that sure there's like the one episode that she was on right <laughs> right like bud tries to hit on her and she just like calls him a nerd or whatever a geek and just like throws him out the window or something like that you know how it, you know how it goes guys <laughs> yeah uh, that's not her uh, but anyway uh so yeah then uh meanwhile chad is chugging johnny walker red label 
And um, the helicopter eventually makes it to the island. It's Frank. And then heads back to report to Zhang. And Danielle's downstairs going to change. And I guess uh, Chad has some sort of um, psycho- psychic connection with uh, Alex. Uh, is that what it is? Yeah, I guess so. So Chad isn't chugging Johnny Walker Red Label. Alex is it's chugging Alex, yeah. Johnny Walker Red Label back at the hotel. Because now he's imagining his brother fucking his girlfriend. And <laughs> it is a very specific imagination like he even recognizes the clothing line <laughs> below <laughs> deck <laughs> oh, they're gonna use that to fuck you know it. it's yeah he has such a great meltdown alex yeah. <laughs> motherfucker it's, yeah it's like tommy wiseau at the end of the room yeah exactly it, it's so it's such a good mental down and and he, you're right. He does have a very vivid imagination of what his of what his brother's doing to his girlfriend because he's he's got her in like position. <laughs> right. Like I would I would hope that if that was happening. Well, I guess you need to. I guess if you're going to that level, you really have to over exaggerate it, right? If you're if you're Alex, like she, he's he's better than me at this or whatever. I have no idea, but. If if I was imagining my twin brother banging my wife, I would hope it was just like missionary. Like please let it only just be like real real boring sex. <laughs> but no, in in Alex's eye or his mind, Chad is a fucking dynamo. Yeah. <laughs> Acrobatic, man. Oh, yeah. Just standing up. Now she now he's like carrying around pile driving her. <laughs> yeah, he's very Lost good apparently. He's good at the sex. Yeah. Chad is very, which with the name like that would probably be contrary to to what he's good at. I'd imagine he's just more he's more braggadocious about sex, yeah. right? Because he t- he talks about how big his dick is. Like, mm-hmm. does this is this gonna make my dick grow bigger? So I would feel like he's very insecure during sex. Chad, like he's very shy about it. Or maybe he's just the opposite. He just like fucks and doesn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I got whatever, mine, basically. whatever, still smashed. Yeah, like, I got mine, basically. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was the best two minutes of your life. Uh, so then, uh, um, Chad shows up back on the island, and Frank is pissed because now he has to get rid of the boat, and says, "You've got some explaining to do." It's now yeah, I'm explaining to do. Because Alex is in Frank's ear talking about how he's fucking my girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he, I wish Frank would have said that. Like, yeah, Alex thinks you just like. Fuck Danielle, so you gotta figure that out real quick. <laughs> Just to, he could have warned them. I, like I yeah. know he says you got some explaining to do, but it's like could have been like, dude's fucked up and he's out for blood. Yeah, right. Yeah. We know that Alex is a hothead, and yep. you just came back with his woman. Do you mm-hmm. think maybe Frank, you should be there to kind of referee the situation a little bit? You know? Yeah. But no, he just he bolts. Fires a gun. <laughs> but not full bolts. I was like, gotta go get rid of this boat. Bye. <laughs> I don't want to be there for this. Um, so Chad walks into the hotel with Danielle to a drunken Alex who's pissed because he assumes they fucked. He slaps Danielle right across the face. Chad kicks him in the face. Then Chad and Alex fight up the stairs and fall over a balcony. Frank eventually comes in, fires a gun in the air to stop them. And then Chad uses the F word. <laughs> he does. I no, no, Alex uses that. the F word. Alex yeah, uses Alex, the F word. Yes, he'll always yeah. be an F. Yeah, yeah it's... Uh... It's a, a slang for, you know. I think we know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I but, think the, so 
I may be drunk, but tomorrow I'll be sober, and he'll always be an F-word. The hero of the story, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Slapping women and using slurs. Yeah, I keep <laughs> I keep screwing up their names because they're both Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. They're the same person, essentially, yeah. even in the movie. Uh, the brothers don't say they don't need each other, and uh, Alex goes storming off. No, Chad goes storming off, saying he's going back to L.A. and runs off. Um, yeah, this, this part of my notes, I kept swapping them. I kept getting it wrong every time. So the next morning, Alex wakes up on the beach and sees a bunch of thugs storm the beach and carries helicopter in the air. Then the thugs storm in the hotel and start shooting the place up. They take Danielle hostage, and Alex does some beach cleanup, if you know what I mean. Starts killing off these uh, these thugs left and right. Um, Zhang arrives, asks where the twins are. And Frank says, fuck you, and gets punched. Zhang says they're going to bring back Danielle to Griffith. Meanwhile, Chad and Alex are taking out a bunch of goons separately, sometimes with kicks, sometimes with guns. Mostly kicks. Mostly kicks. I was going to say, there's a really bad uh, punch-to-kick ratio in this movie. (laughs) (laughs) I I think Chad just knows how to kick. (laughs) It's all he does. It's all he does. Um, Alex eventually winds up with a really big gun. And Alex and Chad eventually meet up back with one of the goons tied up. Um, we're going to ask him some questions. Griff- Griffith arrives at the dock with Jang and Kara, where Frank and Danielle are already taken captive. Mr. Moon is giving Frank a good once-over. And then Jang asks Fra- if Frank is going to talk, which to me is odd, because the only thing they could possibly need to find out is the location of the twins, when in reality, the twins are probably going to come to them, because obviously that's the reason why you would take Frank and Danielle hostage in the first place. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> Uh, Chad and Alex sneak onto the boat with the old fake prisoner routine, which never works in, in D&D. Nope. <laughs> Get a roll better. That's very true. Yeah, Most of the time in the movies, the guards roll very low perception. And then Chad and Alex start making their way through a bunch of faceless goons, shooting, kicking, punching. Then Griffith gets on the PA system to let them hear, let the twins hear them torture Frank. Then we're gun fighting. Chad gets to one of the PA boxes to tell Griffith that he's a dead man. Then Alex gets into a fight with a goon with spurs in the in the pitch black, which is kind of a cool scene from a cinematog- cinematography standpoint. Um, but it's like the only it's like the the we- weird oddball scene where they tried to stylize it a little bit. Um, and it winds up not being that good of an action scene. It's very short. Yeah, he he catches him and he just like punches him a few times and he <laughs> and he like he flexes on the last punch. Did you notice that he punches. He's like, ah. he does like a real. He kind of does that. Uh, I'm trying to think of what, what what do you call it? Uh, he flexes. Yeah, he gives a good flex and you see it in the shadow. Uh, meanwhile, Chad takes on Mr. Moon. Mr. Moon picks up a barrel of flammable material and tries to crush Chad with it, but Chad kicks him in the dick and then gets out from under it. And then Chad and Mr. Moon then take off their shirts and fight like real men. Mr. Moon, by the way, has great form when he picks up those uh, barrels. Oh, yeah. His cleaning jerk, perfect. The back is straight, <laughs> uses his legs, good height. <laughs> and this is Chad's boss fight. Uh, Mr. Moon tries to crush him with another final barrel, but Chad jumps over him and then kicks the shit out of him until he kicks Mr. Moon into an electrical box, killing him, and everything explodes. Alex rescues Danielle from a henchman that may or may not try to rape her. And then Kara comes out of nowhere and tries to crush his head with her epic quads. <laughs> I, I, I really hope that we uh, we emphasize the quads in our posts this yeah. week. 
these things need to be they need to be shown they need to be seen the world needs to see these quads (laughs) she also grabs his dick at one point and he slaps the shit out of her yeah and then she comes at him with a knife alex eventually wrestles the knife away from karen stabs her in the stomach then griffith and jang make a break for it chad and alex chase after them chad goes after griffith while alex goes after jang on a cargo ship Alex starts climbing up a crane while Chad and Danielle almost get crushed by a shipping container. And as he gets up to the top of the crane, Alex gets sprayed by a fire extinguisher by Zhang. And Zhang reveals a dagger in his walking stick and starts trying to stab Chad. But Chad manages to dodge and sticks Zhang's hand in a couple of gears and gets crushed. Chad turns on him and then Chad turns on a machine while Zhang is monologuing and Zhang falls from the crane to his death. Meanwhile... Chad gets Danielle to safety and then jumps off the cargo ship to avoid the uh, the shipping container. And then Griffith starts monologuing at the water at Alex and starts shooting at it. But then Alex jumps into the forklift behind Griffith and drops a shipping container on him. Then that was so funny. I, I when say he pops... I, <laughs> go ahead. I, I want to say I think you flipped them again. Uh, yeah, I, I told them Chad that. Goes uh, after Nigel. And Alex goes after Zhang because he says oh, that's yeah, yeah. mine. Yeah, yeah. Chad get Chad jumps into the forklift behind Griffith and drops shipping container on him. Yeah, he, yes. he, Chad pulls an Undertaker. Yes. It's so funny. <laughs> oh, that's the I I laughed out loud in that scene when he he pops out of the darkness of the forklift and he yells the guy's name. <laughs> oh, that was the best part of the movie. I could Griffith. watch that. Yeah, I could watch it. The I could watch that scene a hundred times. <laughs> then Alex and Chad hug, and Chad pushes Danielle towards Alex, who then they hug, and then Frank shows up coming from wherever the hell he was stuck in, and then they give big old okay sign. <laughs> freeze <laughs> frame in. To... <laughs> right. What a terrible way to end on a freeze frame with just one of the John Claude Van Dams giving the okay sign. <laughs> I I texted Why not Ant, both of them? I texted Ant in all capital letters, freeze frame ending, yep. as as soon as it occurred, because I didn't want to spoil it for you. So I, I did put it in the group chat. This Easily is one of the, the worst freeze freeze frames we've seen. This is a, one of the first in a long time. But yeah, yeah sure. not a great one. I, I wanted the end to be Alex and Chad fighting to the death over Danielle. Like Double Dragon. Like, double dragon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like they just... They, they they kill uh, Shang. Uh, they, they kill it's Nigel, right? They kill Nigel or uh, Griffin, uh, which is a super British name, by the way. That, that's like the most British name ever, Nigel Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, like they they kill both of them and they meet. Their eyes lock and Danielle shows up and then it's just like Mortal Kombat styles, round one fight and then they just go at each other and. It's just nothing but kicks, really. <laughs> just constant kicking, constant kicking. And then, you know, Alex probably kills Chad and then just, like, asserts his dominance, bangs Danielle on Chad's body. <laughs> but it's still not as good as the sex that he imagined them with. So he takes his own life. <laughs> it, haunts, yeah, it, it haunts him forever. <laughs> I'm not as good as Chad, am I? I keep telling you we didn't do anything. <laughs> Don't lie to me. But she she is giving like a look, like she wants something to happen on that boat. They when do. She, she does give that like little like side glance kind of thing when she's walking away. Yeah. She's like, oh, I hope he doesn't come down right now because I don't know what'll happen. Right. Oh no, my towel seems to have fallen. <laughs> I wish someone was here to pick it up. But <laughs> she was open. So happens. who knows? They might have done it. They might have. <laughs> 
They might have banged, maybe missionary, but <laughs> I wish I mean, that would have been such a great cutaway. If you have, you know, like he follows her down, and <laughs> we cut back. To, <laughs> I can't even get it out without laughing. We cut back to Alex, and he's having his meltdown, and he's imagining <laughs> Chad just doing all these exotic, really <laughs> difficult poses. <laughs> And it cuts back to uh, to Chad, and it's just like, super boring. One pump missionary, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very unsatisfying for <laughs> for Daniel. There's no music playing in the background. It's just, huh, 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 and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, just, it just becomes uncomfortable oh, after a while. Yeah, you just see the look of disappointment on her face. She immediately regrets it. She's like, man, I wish I could undo the last 15 seconds of my life. Oh, that's so good. I'm actually crying. Holy shit. But yeah, I would have paid good money to see that cut. Uh, and that that's the end of Double Impact. Um, what do you guys think? What, what would you do to make this better? I think we just Besides made that it ending, so much better. Yeah, I like the idea of... Uh, Oh my god, I need to catch my breath. Uh, I like the idea of like totally swapping places. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can keep it action-oriented, but yeah, I think having Chad kind of have to fend for himself on the streets of Hong Kong while Alex is tr- trying to get accustomed to this very uh, bougie lifestyle would be uh, a pretty interesting take on it. Uh, but yeah, I, I just like the idea. It just plays over and over in my head now where Alex is just imagining Chad banging, like, like just going to town on Danielle. And it's really <laughs> just terrible sex that, that's being had on the boat. That's what my mind keeps going to. Uh, yeah, and maybe afterwards, like, he, he's talking to, Dan, to Danielle about it. And, like, listen, he was he was terrible. He, it was the worst I've ever had. Thank God that I'm with you. And it just really makes Alex feel better about himself and... Because he was all down about it, right? He's like, yeah. oh, you know, my brother is banging my girlfriend, and he's probably awesome at it. Like, no, he was he was pretty bad. Like, you're way better than him. Like, oh, all right, well, at least now I know for sure. Would you? Could you imagine being compared to your your twin brother? By the way, like, <laughs> which one of us was the better lay? That's got to yeah. be kind of awkward, right? Yes. I, I never. I hope. I hope. You know, if I have kids, I hope that I don't have twins. First of all, because that's a nightmare. But I hope if I do have twins that they're never compared by the same woman. Because <laughs> I don't want to wish that on them. If that woman's smart, she tells them they were both great. <laughs> yeah, I get just, it. Because then who, you could just keep going at that forever, right? Yeah, yeah. unless if you're all in the same room, then it just becomes awkward and she just walk away at that point. Well, then they can <laughs> occupy the same space and then yeah. you never know. Yeah, it could be a time cop situation. How? I wish real twins acted on time cop logic. <laughs> <laughs> like the twins can never be in the same spot at the same time. They can't go to the same school. They can never hug. <laughs> yeah, they can never hug. It's just, it's a life of misery for twins, really. I've never known what it's like to embrace my my well, brother. <laughs> then if you if you wind up for some reason having twins, you could raise them to think that. How great would that be? I mean, I'd be the shittiest. <laughs> I'd be the shittiest father ever. Like, no, you can't touch each other. You'll disintegrate if you do. <laughs> One of you will die. That's a great way to keep them from fighting each other, though. 
Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine though, where like if I tell my twin like sons or daughters and they go to school and they just like have a meltdown, like why? And the teacher's like, well, what the hell's going on? Like I can't touch him. My dad said one of us would die. <laughs> Watch time, cop, you idiot. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would be arrested. Probably. But it would be worth it for the first few years of their lives. <laughs> and then the the psychiatric bills come in. It was like, ah, oh, maybe this wasn't the best idea. <laughs> Do you think I would get more respect in prison or less respect if I told them, like, my cellmate? Why, like, what are you here for? Oh, I, you know, I told my kids that they weren't allowed to touch each other or else one of them would die via time cop rules. <laughs> that would be a moment in, like, a comedy or like a dark comedy movie where, you know, the, you know, the guy goes, it tells him what he did. And he's like, mul- you know, murdered multiple right. people and all that. What did you do? And you tell him that and he goes, oh man, that's dark. Right. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I murdered, I murdered this guy and I skinned his face off. What about you? Oh, I told my kids that if they touch each other, one of them would die. Jesus Christ. You're a psycho. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't Mark, have anything better. My uh, my only thing to make it better would be just improve the beginning and make it a little more drawn out than just dropped um, in the first ten minutes. You know um, about the I would have them suge- like when you guys. Su- sorry, I just wanted to, when you guys suggest making things longer. I just I don't know what's wrong with you. No no no, not make it longer. <laughs> um, this movie is an hour and forty minutes, maybe even yeah. more. It is yeah. long enough. It, it definitely. I, my suggestion it too. was more. Not so much make it longer, but instead of just making a 10-minute info dump, like have them, oh, we have to go to Hong Kong, but when then they run into each other, like do that back-to-back where they hit each other and then spin around. Sure, yeah. Know, sort of thing is how they find out about each other. Like that is what I mean more than, hey, that's your brother. Is your brother. Your father's dead. He was killed by these two evil guys. Let's go get him. Like, just make, make that 10 minutes like an actual action scene. Yeah. I think or what if they did? Movie. They thought they were each, each other's mirror and yeah. they were doing that like hand yeah, thing. They, yeah, they they walk by and come back real quick. <laughs> I I think this movie was done better with Beverly Hills Ninja in a way, right? Because you have uh you have Chris Farley who's brothers with uh what's his name Rob Robin I I forget he was in Mortal Kombat he was Liu right. Kang I know who you're talking about yeah yeah but I think it would have been better that way where. They, they do know each other, like the, the twins know each other. One's this primp proper, you know, uh, doesn't get his hands dirty. And the other one, you know, obviously is more rough and tumble, where the one who's rough and tumble is always saving the other one. And then when, you know, Alex is in trouble, somehow Chad is able to reach deep down and like goes off and kung fu fighting plays in the background. And it, uh, yeah, something sort of like that. But you, because you were right, and at one point it ceases to really be that they're brothers. You know, it's just like they're they're just they are brothers, but it doesn't mean anything. Like, sure. like oh my god, I I need to save my brother. Just like right. they're just there. It doesn't it doesn't matter that they're twins. I mean, it doesn't even matter that they're brothers, really. Sure. Right, because they no none of one you know like oh you know that's my brother or. Like, I got to protect my brother. It, it never comes to light that the the one cares about the other. Right. That's yeah. true, too. Yeah, it's just 
They could. Be, they're just two guys, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, right. And, it's they have a mission, and they're just they happen to be brothers. Yeah. The only part that a twin could have come in the factors if they do that thing where someone one's older than the other by minutes or something like that, and that's why he would get more of the dividend than the other. <laughs> be something hilarious. Like that. That's the only <laughs> way twin even matters in this movie. And then they fight to the death over the dividend. Yeah. yeah. I just wanted to see them fight to the death, really. Or they could finally double team somebody. Right, without fear of disappearing. <laughs> what, what? This came out before Time Cop, right? No. Uh, 91, I think so. so. 91, yeah. Time Cop was 94. I think that's right. Okay. Yeah. So I am. Right. I was gonna say, if, if one came out before, if uh, this had come out after Time Cop, then I would have liked to have seen the kind of Time Cop callback, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like then maybe they go to high five and like, well, maybe not. <laughs> they can't touch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, in terms of what I would do better, I've already mentioned doing kind of having having the twin thing mean more than what it does in this movie. Um, I mean, I guess they just got they only had to pay an actor once. They didn't have to pay, <laughs> they didn't have to yeah. pay two actors. I think that's how they that's what that this accomplished. Um, and I guess it stroked John Claude Van Damme's ego a little bit because apparently he likes playing dual roles. Um, but yeah, no, I think what you guys had suggested. Um, more or less makes plenty of sense. Um, so now, marry, fuck, kill. <laughs> Alex, Chad, or Mr. Moon? Oh. <laughs> Yikes. Alex, Chad, or Miss? Oh, wow. That's tough. Uh, you, you can't fuck Mr. Moon because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he fucks you. Right? Yeah, sure. And I don't think you could kill Mr. Moon because he would kill you. So I th- think Mr. Moon just kind of runs... He runs train on all of us. Yeah, you have to marry him. <laughs> right, and just hope that... Well, but then you're subjecting yourself to a, just a lifetime of abuse, really. Because he's he's not gentle in any sense of the form, or mm-hmm. sense of the word. Uh, you, I think you if you can kill Mr. Moon, you kill Mr. Moon. Uh, <laughs> well, if you're going by Alex's imagination, you fuck Chad. <laughs> <laughs> And then you marry Alex, right? Because <laughs> it looks like Chattel. He'll 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 show you the world, man. Well, that's why you marry him. <laughs> take though. you on the ride of your. But but then the sex grows stale. Right? You you want that one time fling with with Chad, and he'll he he leaves you wanting more, I think. But I but at the same time, Alex will probably beat you in a long. That's a good point. That's a yeah. good point, right? Because he'll get drunk if he yeah. thinks that you're banging someone else. Yeah. And he'll, he's jealous. He'll he's the jealous type. Yeah. So. And then, right, because then that leaves you with, like, explaining weird bruises on your eye. Like, oh, I, I ran into the door. Yeah. Uh, this is the, you know, third time that you've run into the door, Dan. Yeah. Everything okay with Alex? <laughs> it's fine, I promise. Alex is a good guy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I'm definitely killing Mr. Moon. I'm, I'm banging Chad, and I'm marrying Alex, I think. Okay. They're both rich, so... That's true. They got that sweet, sweet tunnel money. That's true. <laughs> they're, they're tunnel barons. <laughs> Mark? Yeah. So the only thing I'd really change is um, I would uh, I would kill Alex, uh, marry Mr. Moon, and, and fuck um, Chad because he would be soft. And- wow. <laughs> Interesting. I'm going the other way. Kill Mr. Moon, um, fucking Alex for one night stand, and I'm marrying Chad. Okay. Yeah, I I think yours your way is the right way. But uh, <laughs> it might be the right answer. Yeah, but I I think again 
just just by going by what Alex thinks, I want that one time. I don't know if I can handle it more than once. <laughs> Everything's always just a big production where you're just like, I just just kind of really need a hand job right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't. Need, I don't need to be you know plastered against the wall and you know <laughs> bent or you know bent over a barrel shown the 50 states i just you know i want something nice and tender not nice and tender i just want something easy you know yeah. I, I feel like with him it'll be he can't get off unless it's something crazy like he's got to be doing like like holding me up from you know all crazy ways i don't need that he probably has a sex swing in his room or something i don't want that <laughs> just put me on the bed i'm 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 easy going I'll consider, I will consider the kitchen counter. That's as far as I'll go. <laughs> Where we know he can do splits on. Exactly, yeah. And I'm sure he wants to do that at one point. You know, like, come on, man. Let's, <laughs> let's just. All right. <laughs> so you'll, put, you'll put up with, you'll put up with an abusive partner in terms of just like pretty easy sex. Right. And then after a while, I don't think he's going to want it very much within these podcasts i've revealed a weird amount of <laughs> of my, of my uh, like what goes on in my head i guess it, it, it's it's very strange it's very strange how my mind opens up with these things because i know it's fake people all right it's fake it's never gonna happen i'm never gonna bang john claude van damme all right that's why i can go this this crazy i don't want people thinking like jesus christ dan is really like contemplated how he's how john claude van Dave would go go to town on him you know i i appreciate that you don't use these sections in like our posts because <laughs> then my family members would see it and be like okay maybe we don't talk to dan for a while so uh, far jen hasn't seen it i'm lucky well i guess that means that she's not listening <laughs> that's that's true or i just tell her when to stop don't listen to the last <laughs> 10 to 15 minutes. All right. So uh, I guess that's it. Yeah. Anything yeah. else? Want to no. your shit? Yeah. Uh, Diaquino122 on Twitter. Follow me there. We'll have some fun. We'll have some laughs. We'll cry. At uh, Stranger Damies uh, for the Twitter for our Real Play D&D. Uh, we're also on Instagram. So, and same thing at Stranger Damies. Uh, love talking to all of the D&D community on there. Bunch of great people. Follow a lot of of uh, other good D&D podcasts. So if you're looking for a another real play D&D podcast, go on there. We have a ton of friends on there. And uh yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. Mark. So uh Stranger Damies uh airs every Wednesday. Um episode posted yesterday is the first of a new session uh which uh these next four episodes I think um is a good start to our next arc of the campaign. Um so I'm looking forward to everyone out there hearing it. Um and then we have uh, the Game Vault Pod. Uh, Cass uh, had an episode on Monday. Um, you know, we talked about our favorite controllers. We picked a new thing uh, for um, the Retro Roulette. Uh, so be sure to listen to that. You can listen to all of them on uh, Twitter, uh, iTunes, Google Play, you know, anywhere you get your podcast. Um, we also have a Twitch channel for Game Vault Pod. Um, you can go there and we stream about four or five days a week. So yeah, that's basically why I don't watch a lot of movies. Uh, so, um, yeah, go check us out there. And the Twitters are at Stranger Damies and at uh, Game Vault Pod. Um, so yeah, check us out on the social medias. All right. 
Yes, and this is They Called Some Movie. You can find us at theycalledsomemovie.podbean.com and anywhere you get your podcast, just search for They Called Some Movie. We should pop right up. We're the main damey at themaindamey.com and on all social media platforms at the main damey. Um, I'll just search for that. Um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, the main Damien will, and we'll be there. We're also a proud member of geek vibes nation. GVNation.com is the main website and geek vibes nation on all social media and podcast streaming apps. They got a bunch of great shows. Um, Dan mentioned the top 10 with Tia. They've got another bunch of great shows. Um, the, that network has uh, something for everyone uh, comic stuff tv stuff you name it they have it um and i am at aunt delvec on twitter you can find me there uh and that's my personal one but the main damey if you want to get us in contact with us twitter's the best way but you can also hit us up at the main at gmail.com suggest a movie suggest a question if you have any questions you want to have us raise at the top of the show or something like that feel free to ask um and i think that's gonna wrap it up uh the director of what a double impact that's the name of this movie is sheldon leach so for dan aquino and mark miners this is anthony del does it call you miners i think Almost. <laughs> it's fine we'll go with it dan aquino and mark myers this is Anthony Delvecchio telling Sheldon Leach to go fuck himself. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.